Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. Today I am speaking with a well-known imposter syndrome expert with a background in HR and a decade working in leadership development. A brush with burnout in her corporate career led Jess Stewart across the world to train with Buddhist monks and nuns. A decade later, after coming out, writing five books and running her own successful business, she shares what she knows about peak performance, leading with confidence, being a sustainable resource and achieving our potential to have the influence and impact. She is a highly acclaimed event speaker, a proud member of the Rainbow community, featured on TV3, BBC, RNZ, Stuff and New Zealand Business Magazine, described as inspiring, articulate and relatable by audiences. Jess has a passion for sharing her knowledge and motivating others with her words. Today, we jump in around uh, burnout to brilliance, which I'm sure many of you can relate to uh, right now or perhaps in the last two years because uh, as, as many of you are aware, there's a lot of burnout happening or a bit of languishing ling- limbo and languishing lingo happening as well. So today, uh, Jess and I have a discussion around how do you you know, uh, prevent burnout and also once you've actually hit burnout, what are the steps and the road to recovery? I think this is such a timely uh, timely discussion to have, particularly uh, right now and, and at the time of recording this, you know, we're coming into the end of the financial year, which tends to be exciting for some and, and terrifying for others. So what I would recommend you do if, uh, if you're not driving is grab a pen, take some notes, uh, Jess really shares some great tips on how to get yourself out of burnout, but also how to make sure you're putting in those daily habits, routines, hygiene around preventing uh, burnout as well. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made for More podcast. Today I am joined by a very timely guest and we're talking about a very exciting uh, topic which I'm sure many of you uh, are experiencing or witnessing or have experienced in the past. A big welcome to Jess Stewart. Thanks Ali, nice to be here. It is lovely to have you here. Uh, So what I would love to kick off with this morning, Jess, is a little bit around where did you come from and where are you going? So I'm originally from the UK in terms of location. I live in New Zealand on Waiheke Island, just off of Auckland. And I came from, my background is in human resources. So I've always worked with people in the leadership development space and have a passion for helping people grow. But unfortunately, my own corporate career and climbing the ladder and my uh, HR career led me to burnout. So I mm. reinvented my own life over the last eight years and written books about that journey to really redefine 
Um, what does that look like? So now <clears throat> I coach people, I run workshops, do events and conference keynotes on those subjects. Brilliant. And if you haven't guessed by now, we're, of course, talking about burnout, but more so burnout to, to brilliant. So um, Jess, are you able to share a little bit around what kind of led in your HR journey led to your burnout originally? Did you know it was coming or did it sort of, you know, slap you in the face like a brick wall or um, explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it was it's obvious now looking back to see that, yes, it was coming, but it was a slow burn and I didn't really realise I was not aware. And I was so busy distracting myself from life and throwing myself into my work and trying to prove myself that I didn't see it coming until I hit a brick wall. And mm. that's when I knew that things had got to change. It, it's almost like my body forced me into listening to the messages I'd ignored and forced me into making a change. So, you know, the, the stuff that you can easily explain away, like the constant exhaustion, the being too busy to take breaks, um, the overwhelm, but then getting into the pointy end of burnout where, for me, it was just a total withdrawal from my mm. life like I detached mm. from everyone and everything and there was just yeah. this loss of hope and um even the things I enjoyed like going to the beach or doing yoga were things that I just checked out of mm. and in hindsight it's obvious that that was my kind of downward spiral towards this brick wall but I didn't notice until I hit the brick wall because all the time I was explaining it away being like well this is normal you've got a you've got a good job and you're very busy and you head up a team so yes you're not going to want to go out with friends or it's okay to spend the weekend in bed because you're resting and it's self-care it's okay to have a bottle of wine on a Friday night because you're unwinding and it's a reward for your busy week yes. so all the time I was in it I didn't see it coming but in hindsight I'm like oh yeah it was actually quite obvious Yes. Oh my goodness. I can so relate to this. I, uh, I also hit burnout very early on in my career. I was age 26 and similar to you was busy, 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 working a lot of hours, trying to sustain myself on a combination of Red Bull twisties and cigarettes, which um, <laughs> fun fact you can't do. Uh, so once I, you know, crashed down, went down the gurgler and then was like, actually, I need to make some better life choices and get a bit of balance back in for sure so tell me a little bit around um you know you recognize that you were this this constant exhaustion which I think sometimes we wear as almost like a badge of honor um you know oh, I've done all these hours this week I know certainly back in my corporate days uh we're working on a merger and Friday night drinks which started at like 10 p.m when everyone finished it was almost like oh how many hours did you do this week 60 oh yeah well I did 65 oh well I did 70 and you're like this is not <laughs> this is not healthy or helpful. So tell me a little bit around like what led to that exhaustion, um, what led to that being too busy to take breaks? Yeah, and, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's culturally what we've deemed mm. to celebrate as successful, product, productive, effective. But also for me, there was stuff going on internally. So a lot of that was my own expectations, my fear of being exposed as a fraud or having to mm -hmm. prove myself. So I always wanted to over deliver and do too many hours so that I would cover up the fact that I had self-doubt about my own capabilities. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I was in a relationship with a guy who I'd been with for seven years, but I was in the process of getting to know myself better and coming out. So mm. of course there was a whole heap of stuff in my life that I had to deal with that was hard and a, yeah. a massive amount of fear that meant it was just convenient for me to avoid that 
and yeah. distract myself and of course work became one of those things that I could throw myself into and if I was too busy to think about the stuff that was happening in my life I didn't have time to deal with it or I didn't have mm. to deal with it and so yeah. they were the a combination of factors that really led to my busyness but I think culturally and this was one of the reasons I wrote burnout to brilliance culturally our pursuit of brilliance mm. is often what leads to burnout this concept of we've got to do more and it's all about how many hours you've done and it has to be perfect and everyone needs to be better all the time I think that is what leads us to burnout rather than brilliance although we think it's the recipe for success and high performance mm. oh god you've just whew. so let's talk a little bit around the expectations you talked about being found out about a fraud um as a fraud rather not <laughs> found as a fraud <laughs> potentially uh and, and was there a little bit of that imposter syndrome there do you think that was you know on, on the shoulder going yep you're not going to make it or you're not worthy of this unless you are putting in the hours and, and slogging it away did you recognize that at the time that that's what you were doing or was it so real to you that you really were like oh my goodness I don't deserve to be here I need to you know go hard or, or go home yeah and it's interesting because I knew it was happening so I was aware of it but mm. I didn't know what to do about it. And it's one of the things that ignited my passion. So two books ago, I wrote the Superwoman Survival Guide, which is all about imposter syndrome. And for me, when I noticed it in myself and so many other women particularly, but regardless of gender, a lot of us get imposter syndrome. When I noticed it, I needed this, you know, I could read things about what it was and go, oh yeah, that's me. Mm. There was no strategies for what to do about yeah, it yeah and so that's sort of a lot of the work that I did before burnout to brilliance was in that space because I wanted to equip others with the tools when we know this is happening what do we do to to really rein it in to kind of turn down that inner critic and to yep. build our confidence yeah yeah I love that oh I'm so tempted to talk about imposter syndrome but we might save that for another time <laughs> we might save that for another time, um, but such a topical, uh, well, something that I'm certainly talking with my clients about at the moment a lot is a, probably a combination of this imposter syndrome. And then also, you know, what we talked about before I hit, re hit record was this exhaustion, but there's no real end in sight. So tell me a little bit, a, a bit more about you were circling down, down the gurgler um, when you, when you hit rock bottom and you're like, right, I need to change. What was sort of the process for you to get out of burnout and, and on your path to brilliance? Yeah. Initially it starts with not very much because you're burned out, right? You've hit a wall. Yeah. So you're, you're yeah. in bed. <laughs> so yeah. you've all, all of a sudden you've got a lot of time to think about this stuff, but no energy to do anything about it. Yeah. So there was a lot of, oh, this hasn't panned out how I thought it would. This at my plan A was not the recipe for success I'd been led to believe. So that was the starting point. And then from then it grew. It grew from mindset shifts to self-care is not a nice to have luxury item. It actually is fundamental for me to function and I yeah. need to start treating it that way. Yeah. And then it started from there, grew to once I started looking after myself, it grew to learning about myself. So that awareness mm -hmm. of, well, this is what lights me up. This is what I love to do. This is what has to change in my life. And from then it grew. And so eventually I walked away from my seven year relationship. I went back to the UK and told all my family that I was gay. I went and taught English to Buddhist monks in Northern Thailand. Oh. And so I started learning about all these different ways of doing things culturally that kind of got me to a point where I was like, okay, how do I combine the Western 
people psychology piece that I've been learning in my HR career with this ancient Eastern wisdom in a yes. way that works for us because you know we're not all monks that sit on hilltops and can you know can be zen so how do we bring those principles into our western world in a way that works in our organizations oh my goodness i love it so to, we'll digress here tell me about the monks what was some of your key <laughs> learnings from from them was it a silent monastery or was it so as a, as a mixture of both so not silent when i was teaching but i did go on some silent retreats uh, and still do I just find it's um there's a quote that I love I think it's a, a Ram Das one uh the the quieter you become the more you can hear oh. and I just find for any kind of aha moments or self-reflection the moment I take myself off and be silent for a few days all of a sudden I notice all this stuff that I yes. you know it, the world has been too too noisy to have me here and so for me it was a combination of reflection and self-learning and building that muscle of awareness mm -hmm. but also learning about the mind I'd been taught about the mind from a very psychology space yep. the clinical side of it yep. yeah and so learning about the mind and how to tap into the potential that exists within our mind and how to in terms of cognitive fun function how to leverage that calm clear focused space that we can create in the mind was just a, a watershed moment for me in terms of everything, my life and my work. I love it. I love it. Uh, so tell me a little bit around um, when you were going through this, you know, this rebirth or re-nourish re, uh, yourself, you mentioned something around uh, now you recognise that self-care is fundamental. And I couldn't agree more. We've got a psychologist here in um, in Adelaide in South Australia. Her name's Madhavi uh, Parker. And she said something that stuck with me years ago. And it was, you know, self-care should be a hygiene practice. As in, you know, you put deodorant on every day. Self-care just has to be something like that. What's your go-to uh, self-care when you know you need to do a quick, you know, injection of self-care? Yeah, and there's, there's a lot for me. And I think my advice is always, for people to start small and find something small that's not onerous because then it's easy to do. And I love that analogy with the hygiene practice. I often say to people, it's not part of our job descriptions, but it should be because mm -hmm. it helps us do everything else that is on the job description. Absolutely. That's so good. And I liken it to um, refueling our tank. You know, mm -hmm. if, if we take our car on a road trip, when the fuel gauge comes on, we'd never dream of sailing past the fuel station we stop and refuel even though it adds time onto our journey mm. it helps us get there and I think it's the same for us and it's knowing what fuels your tank so for me it's meditation it's yoga it's being in nature it's time with my dog it's being on the beach I love to surf as well but in, interestingly enough one of the problems I noticed when I first discovered this love of self-care and started prioritizing it that I'd just given myself another to-do list and then I would put yeah. pressure on myself, right, I've got to get up and meditate and then do yoga and then go for a walk. Have I done 10,000 steps today? Am I cooking myself a nutritious, delicious dinner? Mm -hmm. And there'd be so many self-care activities that I was almost applying exactly what got me to burnout to my self-care strategy. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> yes. no, this, this has to change as well. This is not the point. So it's as yeah. much about what we don't do yeah. as it is what we do do. So yeah device detoxes is a really good starting point sitting doing nothing and giving our brain time to idle and create space and ideas is also a good one um, and we're all different so yeah I think it's about finding what works for you I love it so tell me what your take is around then boundaries and saying no 
Yeah, that's one we struggle with, especially as women, I think. And I think for me, saying no, it's a hard thing to do. And so I liken it to how do we make it easier? So saying mm. no, but no, yes. no, not now, but mm -hmm. ask me next week. No, not me, because I'm too busy. But how about asking this person? Yeah. Um, no, I can't do all of that for you, but I could do this. But can you do the rest or find someone to do the rest? So I think that sits better with us because when we say no, culturally, because of how we've been brought up, we are conditioned to believe that we're letting people down or we're, it's a sign that we can't cope because we're saying no, as opposed to it's putting ourselves first. It's making sure that we're in a position that we can deliver to everybody that depends on us mm -hmm. and that we haven't spread ourselves too thin, that we're actually going to do a crap job of all of the things that we've just committed to. So yeah. it's really being able to take control of our schedule. And for me now, I block Mondays and Fridays out of my diary. So I don't see clients or deliver. And Monday's my admin day. And Friday is normally my day off where I can go to the beach, go for a surf, do all the things that refuel yeah. me and yeah. take some time at the end of the week to reflect and to think and have ideas and yeah. build in some of that creative space to to the schedule but it was a long journey to give myself permission to do that and not to feel guilty yeah especially because early on you said you didn't you were so busy you didn't even have time to take a break and now you've got a whole a whole day off to do things yes. that fill your carpet and light you up I love I love that you've embraced that I think it's it's brilliant and I think if we could all um, just find the one thing, you know, just that one thing that sparks the joy that, you know, fills up our, our cup or our cup, it, <laughs> our cup or our bucket uh, to, you know, replenish and refill, as you said, even though it sometimes takes a little bit longer. So that's sort of, you know, we've gone burnout, we've crashed rock bottom, uh, coming back up. Let's talk a little bit around brilliance. You mentioned usually the definition of brilliance is, you know, working hard, doing more, being more, doing all of the things. Um, our, my business is called Made for More. So we, I actually do embrace that we do need to do more, but more of the good and less of the busy. So more, more rest, more play, more fun, more joy, more empathy, more compassion. Tell me uh, how you see brilliance now versus how you saw it way back when. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's the definition of more. So not yeah. more is always better, but more of the right stuff is better. Yeah. And almost a step further than that, I'd say less but better sometimes yeah. is actually more. Yeah. And that sounds counterintuitive. And I, there's a part in the book where I explore the difference between quality and quantity, mm -hmm. because we've yeah. been led to believe that to be more, we have to do more. And it's mm -hmm. always um, a quantity focused thing. You know, that's why busyness is so popular, because we believe the more hours we work, the more productive we'll be. But it's actually a quality thing. Yep. You know, our, our quality starts to deteriorate when we've done too many hours and we're tired yep. uh, up until a point where we burn out and we've got no quality at all. Mm -hmm. So the quantity methodology that we've used for so long is, is outdated and it's what's leading us to burnout. When we focus on quality, and we're doing things that light us up and we're doing it in a way that sustains our energy. I think that for me is, is brilliant. And the front of the book uh, is a light bulb uh, on the cover. And for me, that really epitomizes this ability to shine bright yeah. and to power ourselves in a way that we can shine without burning out. Mm -hmm. you know, if we leave the lights on for too long, they eventually blow and burn out. Mm -hmm. But also when we think of brilliance, it's this it's this light that shines on others as well mm -hmm. as we move through the world. So for me, yeah, that, that's what brilliance really means. And when I was over in 
Thailand, I was lucky enough to do a trip over to Bhutan. And they're the kingdom famous for gross national happiness in place of yes. GDP. Yeah. And they have butter lamps everywhere because they never blow out. And they have this saying that light is the knowledge that dispels the ignorance of darkness. And Ooh. so this concept of light dispelling the ignorance of our busy, quantity-focused ways of working mm-hmm. really kind of helps me find the the meaning behind the word brilliance yes I love that I've never heard that my team will be who edit this will be um listening and going yeah we're in Bhutan uh <laughs> so they'll go yeah that's our normal lights and they nice. yeah um f- side side fact uh so tell me a little bit now around with the clients that you work with that are looking to either come back out of burnout or perhaps they've uh, perhaps they've seen you and they've gone actually I've, I've ticked a few of these boxes and I'm 100% burnt out tell me what what sort of journey do they take is it a you know you need to have some time off and and just do nothing um which can seem quite overwhelming for some people that that kind of essence of stopping in itself or, or what, what can they do to actively become uh, recovering burnout uh burnout staff or what what's your suggestions there Yeah. And ideally the clients that I work with, it's kind of before they get to that stage. So rather than the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, it's how do I avoid slipping into burnout and be Mm -hmm. my best. But if we are already there, if we've hit rock bottom, and sometimes that's the only time, the only time the message is loud enough for us to make a change. And -hmm. of course that was the case for me. Um, And at that point, because we're all different, it's about what works for you. And it Mm -hmm. might be that actually you're so burned out that nothing works for you and that it is just a case of rest and recuperating and reflection and building slowly from that point it's almost a rebuild from ground zero at that point but for most of us we're not we're not there yet but we know there's been some signs we know we're well on the way or we just know we're made for more um, and yet not hitting that you know the stuff we know we're capable of and so in that respect it's uncovering well how do we either change the way we relate to our environment mm-hmm. or make changes to our environment so it's the the internal how do I change the way I think about this yep. or the external how do I change the way I'm doing things or the organization I'm working in and what they're making me do as yeah. well yeah oh, so good so uh I, I mean I think prevention is better than cure every day of the week right what are some of the key signs that people need to be looking out for if they're like oh I could be teetering on the edge here of burnout yeah, I, I liken it to a traffic light system. So I use mm-hmm. this in, in my workshops and, and with a lot of clients, you know, we know what we look like on green when we're at our best, how yeah. it feels, what we're capable of, what we do. And we know if we've been in burnout, what red looks like when we've yeah. totally stopped in our tracks. But there's that bit in between, that amber zone. And that's our early warning signs. That is like the fuel gauge coming on in the car telling you you need to pull over and refuel. And that's different for everyone. And I don't know about you, but for me, I get that twitchy thing in my eye. They call oh, yes. it like it's, it's a muscle spasm in the corner of your eye that you think is really obvious that everyone must yeah. see. Yeah. And I get a sore throat, but it never really materializes into anything. And then I get quite intolerant with everybody around me. And they're my triggers. They're the things where I'm like, oh, I've spread myself too thin. I need to back off. I need to pull into the fuel station. I need to refuel myself. And it's that awareness of knowing where we're at that then helps us intervene and put strategies in place to get us back up into the green yeah. and avoid slipping into the red. Yeah. 
I uh, had a little chuckle just then when you were talking about when the fuel light comes on, I notoriously will like push every <laughs> every drop when it comes to the fuel light in real life in the car. I'll be like, oh, okay, it says it's got 5Ks. We'll see. We'll see how much further <laughs> we can go. A little bit of uh, self-reflection there for me as well. Um, so if you could go back in time or if you could do it over again, what are some of the tips that you'd be giving uh, leaders around, you know, how do they prevent burnout or what, what's your top five tips for leaders? Oh, I think one that I'm constantly telling my clients and I wish I knew myself when I stepped up into leadership is it's not your job to know it all or oh, to do it all. Good. Yes. And I think for so many of us, we're like, oh my God, I'm a leader now. I need to know all the answers. I need to be able to do all the things. Um, I shouldn't delegate because people will think I can't cope. Mm-hmm. And that is a recipe for burnout. But mm-hmm. it also is um, a sign that we're doubting our own abilities Mm. so knowing that we don't have to have all the answers we don't have to do it all that's what a team is there for we our role is to lead that team love it and I think one of the other ones for me is um putting you first and this is so much easier said than done because particularly for women we have to we have to give ourselves permission almost to be top of our own list but if we don't do that we can't give to anybody else and so that flip that I talked about in the self-care space where we go from this is a nice to have and a luxury item and a bit of a treat to actually know this is critical for me to function and give to everybody else. I think that is a key mindset shift that's even more important when we hit the leadership ranks, I think. Well, I think, I mean, I've certainly got a few things I need to tweak uh, for my own for my own burnout prevention and self-care and I think it's one of those things where you're going you know self-care used to be like day spas and massages and you know it used to feel quite luxe and a bit over the top and only ever for special occasions but shifting shifting the perspective there and going actually no it's an everyday activity and whether it's a five minute thing or I don't know how long you go surfing for but I'd say you wouldn't get much change out of an hour or so but carving that time so that you do have time to to fill up your own self-care bucket and um so you can be brilliant and shine yeah it's so important and that and those little moments are the ones that make the biggest difference and they're also easiest to find time for so a walk around the block between meetings or a 10 minute meditation or listening to um, an app or some relaxing music on the commute to work all of those things are easy to do and easy to integrate even into the busiest days yes yeah absolutely just a little Uh, pattern interrupter Um, I will put all of the links to your books in the show notes because I'll be adding them to adding them to the cart shortly once we get off (laughs) off of here Uh, did you have any resources that you find people just really um, get a lot of value out of that you wanted to share with the listeners there's there's a blog on my website a youtube channel as well as some videos uh, talking about this stuff in more depth and there's a whole page of free stuff as well on my website it's called free stuff So head to there and you'll find heaps of resources you can tap into. Brilliant. I'll put that into the show notes as well so people can start having a look at what they might be taking out or putting into their busy schedules. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jess. Did you have any last words? It's been a pleasure, Ali. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au.
www.ngbc.org.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.madeformore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.